Hello and welcome to Planning to the Max. My name is Samantha from Events by Tiger and I absolutely love logistics, events logistics that is. We are living in such a strange time at the moment with COVID-19, but I think there is a great opportunity to highlight the events industry in a way we haven't before. Planning to the Max is about celebrating the events we know and love, but also celebrating the events that have managed to pivot their offering during this tough time. Let's dive into it. Comexposium is one of the world's largest and leading event companies. In a normal year, it hosts over 135 business events across a number of different sectors. This equates to events in over 30 countries, more than 3.5 million attendees and 48,000 exhibitors. With COVID-19 restrictions easing, Comexposium have set dates for events in the upcoming quarter across a number of countries. The bill opens in Australia with the iMedia Online Retail Summit on the Gold Coast in August. Planning to the Max podcast is fortunate to be joined by the Managing Director of Comexposium APAC, Reef Quayle. Reef, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Great to be part of it. Now, I'm keen to break our catch up into a few different sections today as... Um, you know, I think it's a, a good way to go. And first, in brief, I want to talk about the crisis that is COVID-19. Second, about the opportunity and growth um, that you've you've taken forward. And lastly, about your leadership and management style and how that's helped the uh, the team through this whole thing. So, Reef, your team was vigilant and adapted quickly to the COVID-19 restrictions. But I do have to ask all my guests, what were your initial thoughts and what went through your head when you first found out about the restrictions and the potential of having to cancel 2020? It was a bugger, <laughs> to be honest with you, because this is the, the, the year three of a three-year journey for us. And when, when I took over the leadership of Comexposium in Australia, the business was in a great place and the team has been very settled and come together very well. And in 2019, we had a stallion year. We, we rebuilt the product. We were rolling really well. There were still things to fix, but we had a really great recovery. And so when we came into January, February of, of 2020, we were in a wonderful place. We were flying as a business and the teams had their tails up. Um, everyone was confident. Um, you know, people were very happy with our product in 2019. So we were having a lot of repeat business. We were prospecting well, and we were we were an attractive company to work both work for to uh, um, to attract delegates and to sponsors. So we were in a really lovely position. And all of a sudden, um, what was looking like a bit of a victory lap for us um, after three a couple of years of really hard graft was sort of ripped away from us because we went, oh no. What we've been working towards been is is now is now may not be possible. Yeah, absolutely. And you're a huge company. What were the initial impacts on the company as far as job loss and reduced need for resource? Um, well, I can speak both locally and internationally. For an international perspective, obviously, you know, we're we're a French-based company, but we have huge presence in North America and in Asia as well. Um, from a perspective of China, um, uh, obviously the China, from the China um, event, it was obviously that was the start of everything. And we have a lot of big, we have a few really big events up there, really big events in B2B trade shows. And, and so the, the restrictions for them was, well, okay, cool. Our external overseas um, vendors, if you will, or exhibitors can't actually come into market. 
Mm. Um, and in Australia, um, for us, it really wasn't, it, it was, I suppose for Australia, there was no real job losses in our, any of our markets we saw. And, and, and the reason for that was um, the, the, the comics goes into a pretty people focused business. So there were no job losses. It was just more about, you know, having a situation where, you know, what we were, were building towards couldn't happen. And in France, um, where head office is in North America, everyone was trying to get their events away as if they could, um, because we knew it was going to get worse before it got better. Mm-hmm. Now, COVID has it's created a bit of a hard stop for everything. And um, there's been something really great in that as well, because it's pre- provided a, a platform for opportunity and growth for especially your company and you've been really able to reframe the negative of the event cancellations as we've just heard into a positive instead of feeling the loss you've been able to redefine purpose increase automation can you share some of the initiatives of most importance that you started working on straight away it, the purpose piece was probably the most important you know we we know that we're a big company and we know that um that uh that a lot of companies out there were hurting so our our first decision was okay we've got we've got a lot of marketing resource and we've got a lot of event resource which are pretty much sitting on the bench and we decided that the best thing we could do is grab the as many hands as we possibly could and walk towards the light as and when the clouds when the sun comes out again um and things start to happen um, as many people are with us, left with us as they were when we were in this crisis. So we started a real campaign of um, um, great alone, better together. And so we, we allowed our clients to access our databases through EDMs, our social, um, and, and both and solar emails and, and promotional emails, just to basically drive their offers into market. And those offers were we're not about the hard sell, but more about, you know, helping the whole community come with us. So now we had some great partners, um, whether they were um, big brands like Adobe or, or, or smaller um, um, local Australian businesses like Conversion Kings, who were providing free market services to basically get people through this next little period. You know, Dot Digital were a great exponent of, you know, you know, waiving implementation fees, all sorts of things that would help people transition into a really digital economy. Because we, let's face it, everybody went, all consumers went quickly digital. We had almost 200,000 new households shop online for the first time in the last three months. And all of a sudden, it redefined a lot of what was possible. So we decided that for us, the most important thing we could do was serve our partners and clients in our community by actually helping and holding as many businesses close to us as possible. And that was really positive, not just for the community, but for our team, because it gave us a purpose. You know, a lot of us were going in event business, as you know, Sam, you you tend to be quite a busy bunch of people and event people really struggle when there's not a lot to do. So by creating this new paradigm, it actually allowed, you know, it allowed our team to go, you know, I'm doing good. I'm doing, doing um, i have purpose i've come into work or i'm working from home or whatever i'm doing but i'm doing something that's making a difference and that was really important for us as a group of people yeah it's been a unique process and and i've been speaking about this with other guests as well um the the offering has become 
you know, we always talk about cu customer centric offering, but it's become even more customer centric. And we've really had to listen to, um, you know, consumers out there um, as to what they will want and how we can make sure the little guys are getting through this process as well. And, um, you know, I know you've built the iMedia on demand portal. What was the key purpose around this product? So the logical thing was to launch a webcast, a live webcast. The problem was that for many people, my ourselves included, we weren't experts at speaking live to camera or, mm -hmm. and, or live to Zoom. We weren't, we would stumble through a few things. Um, and so we decided for us, we still need to have our brand strong in the market. We still needed to generate data. Um, but more importantly, we needed to build a product that was going to be functional where we built IP around it now, but into the future. So when people went back to their busy work lives, live events are going to have more trouble because people will not always be able to attend because they've got other things going on on their lives. So we decided to do all of our workers pre-reports, effectively taking the taking the purpose that if we could become almost like a Netflix of retail e-commerce, martech and ad tech, that people could watch and choose and snack on on the bus home or you know, wherever they were on their own terms, that was a better way to play. And that allowed us to, you know, um, I'm probably stumbling a bit today, but when you're talking on those, when you're delivering those on-demand offers <laughs> and you, you get a bit tongue-tied, it's always good to say stop and re-record because, you know, not everyone's perfect and we get better and better as we practice. And also we learn things along the way, but it was very much around building a big proud presence for ourselves, continuing to generate data, but also building a product that was going to be sustainable post this crisis. Um, what can consumers expect from the <laughs> portal moving forward? The content for us is really going to be around a couple of things. So we're going to actually work to feature our keynote. So we've got, we've got academics speaking at the moment with, um, with Summer, Dr. Summer Capitan, who's probably one of the leading academics on social media. And we've done a session on the agents of trust. Um, we've got keynotes like Adam Ferrier, coming up very shortly and Steve Sammartino is probably Australia's leading futurist mm. uh, and well 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 seen within in media circles in Australia but also then a lot of our um, work is going to be rooted in research and so what I mean by that is allowing doing some research study around say you know delivering ultimate customer experiences having a speaker from a sponsor, but also having leaders in the market. And what that does is allows people to contextualize what's going on with the consumer in their own businesses. So it's been, that's been quite powerful because we know from us, from a, from a content and quality perspective, people are looking for insight, you know, and, and data, which will help them drive their business, but they also want to be relate that data into real terms. So that's where we can bring in our leadership because we have such a lovely access to, to Australia's retail leaders or Australian MarTech leaders or Australian ad tech leaders for that moment. Yeah, my big question is around how you've kept engagement up with your key stakeholders and large corporate partners. I mean, it's been a scary time and um, communication has been key, but have they been supportive, constructive during this time? How has it, it been with the large partners? I think the, the partners at the top end of town, um, Adobe, Salesforce, Shopify's, big commerces, dot digital, all the big in a town. I can't begin to express my gratitude. They have behaved respectfully. Um, they have behaved um, in a way that you know they 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 have been empathetic to our plight, 
and I, and it's been really lovely to see how they've responded and and we've adjusted and created opportunities for them for the monies they've invested at us when they can't always participate fully in the event portfolio going through the back of the year. In terms of our venue partners, so we work with the Sheraton Group in Australia, the Hilton Group, obviously overseas, Australia, Southeast Asia. Um, our venue partners and our and our AV partners, HACOM, have been incredible. Um, and we want, we've worked really hard to, you know, plot the journey together with them so that they can, um, you know, we all want the best for each other because we ultimately want to come out of this um, on the other side of this and be continuing operating together. Mm. And, and to be honest with you, those partners, we've actually formed stronger, better relationships more than we ever have before because of this. Yeah. The third part of the, the journey is probably going to be the partners, which are the local partners. And they're the ones in Australia and New Zealand and Southeast Asia who are local businesses in the, on the ground. And for those guys, you know, there's been obviously some which we've had to accommodate because cash is more important than your mother in this, this moment in time. So, and so we've done really um, you know, remedial work to make sure that mother. people are looked after. And, and yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, if the people have got cash in their bank right now, then they can afford to pay their staff and they can afford to keep the doors open mm-hmm. and they can afford to be planning to be ready for when we reemerge, right? And that's really important for some of these companies to acknowledge. And, we, and we've made some adjustments. Um, and, for, and for a lot of the other Australian companies, you know, most, most companies have been amazing. You know, we've looked to create value for them. We've looked to find ways. We've looked to make adjustments. And, and for us, our play is a long game. We're not going away. We're here to play a long game. So the paramount importance to us is to make sure that our relationships with all these people, our partners across both our supplier group and our sponsor group and our delegate group, you know, come out of this saying, well, you know, iMedia behaved in a professional manner. We love how they we work with us. They love how we got to an end point through open discussion. And we all came away being very happy with the situation uh, or as happy as we can be given trying circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that means that but beyond this year, you know, we're setting our business up and their businesses up for great years to come. And that's what we're about. We're not, we're not, we're not trying to rip money out of the market for no reason. We're trying to be actually set a platform so that 2021 and beyond can be great times for all of our, our business and all our partners' businesses. Yes, yeah, and it's an interesting thing that now that there is restrictions in, um, <laughs> it's you're forced to become a bit more intimate in your um, in your offering and not having to push out the big money for, I guess, large marketing campaigns, less bums on seats. Do you think this has naturally created a higher sense of, you know, exclusivity, FOMO and urgency to book? How are the numbers, how are the numbers going for seats? Uh, Yeah, for us, in terms of our retail events, we're in a really strong position. And so for us, it's more about, um, you know, we're having to reduce numbers in Australia. Mm. In New Zealand, we have no restrictions. Our only problem is getting there. Um, In Australia, um, we have, we we have to reduce so we'll, we've, we're, we can only, to be honest with you, Sam, work with the known. And what I mean by that is there's no point speculating on what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We can only work with the known. So the known right now for our Queensland event, for iMedia Brand Summit and iMedia Online Retail Summit, is we have a COVID safe plan of 190 people given to us by the venue. Now, that might be relaxed as time goes on, but that's what we're working with right now. We have to reduce our numbers uh, by about a third at 
um, uh, probably, yeah, about a third to a, a bit, a little bit more um, at Online Retail Summit. And for Brand Summit, probably about 15%, mm. um, which is not a huge, huge disaster, but it's more about getting there. So for us, it's more about um, making the adjustments and then looking at uh, what gets the answer, the, what gets the result we need. Uh, and managing expectation because you know we had all these sponsors come on for a large-scale event yeah. and now we have to work on and accommodate them for a smaller event you know and that uh, but as i said before our sponsors and our sponsor family have been absolutely fantastic you know we, we are we are very blessed that um the the way our relationships have evolved over time have been one of being open and honest and transparent and so the, the conversations we have with our sponsors have been pretty pretty constructive all the way through this, this time you mentioned getting to New Zealand. Do you have a team on the ground over there or are you, do you have to take everyone over with you? Yeah, we've got, we've got a few people over there um, and um, that's good. But our problem right now is we're, we're a multi-regional event. Mm. So um, if Australia can't, if Australia doesn't have the Trans-Tasman bubble happening, then a large majority of our sponsors can't go. Yeah. Because they don't come from New Zealand. They, like, some come from New Zealand, but some come from all over the region. So we've got to make sure that, you know, we um, take them on the journey. Now, I think our belief is based on how we're tracking that that will be fine um, based on what we're following through government. Well, I mean, we, we're constantly in um, contact with government's information sources. Um, so obviously Queensland opens on the 10th of July, um, barring um, some sort of complete disaster in Victoria. Um, so for me, it's more about just making sure, you know, we work with the knowns and the knowns are that, you know, things, it looks like everything will be all right. If they're not all right, then we'll make those calls when we have to make those calls. But at, at, at this time, we don't, we don't, we're not going to make calls on speculative, you know, yeah. on speculation. Yeah. We You're... still have to work with what we've got. Yeah. Your and... events are so heavily focused on the networking opportunity and, is there a fear that the event will be of lesser quality, having less people there? What can people, what can attendees No, expect? not really at all. No, not really at all. Um, our New Zealand events are, you know, 55 and 55. Our big Australian events can be 200 in the same mm -hmm. format. Yeah. Um, intimacy is fantastic. And, you know, I mean, basically what that does is, you know, when from a sponsor's point of view, if you're a big um, a, a big sponsor you don't buy five networker passes to speak to you might buy two or three you know yeah. so depending on the size so it's in terms of in terms of that that, that it just changes the commercially in terms of participation because we obviously got less space so we've got less people who can attend which of the FOMO piece comes out now and we're, we're working through that <laughs> at the moment with online retail summit because we're sold out it's just a matter of who who can come and who can't come um, and then I think, um, you know, ultimately we'll end up with, um, I suppose, uh, a smaller event, but I mean, our, our, our focus is quality. So if we can't execute an event that is of the highest quality, particularly from a networking point of view, then we can't do that. Mm. In terms of practical execution, um, you know, there are things we're going to have to do at the event differently because of our COVID safe plan with the venue and that's accepted. 
and people are accepting of that because they understand that to keep everyone safe, we need to do things in a certain way. So, and we are working through those practicalities with our event directors and their venue right now. Now, obviously the success of the team and everything you've gone through over the last few months, um, our, undoubtedly during this time, strong leaders have never been so valuable. Have you personally kept in touch with all of your team members and kept them connected to that, that purpose and the strategic, strategic goals that you were talking about earlier? Okay, I think for a couple of reasons we've, we've done well. I mean, on a practical, on a practical thing, we actually we had daily Zoom catch-ups when we started. Um, and we realised that um, we didn't need that. So we're now back down to two days a week. Um, but it was good to do that because people, you know, people were on a bit of a roller coaster journey with a lot, not a lot to do emotionally. So that was important. In terms of the priorities of our business, we focused on our people first, our business and our partners. That was our, that was our, with the view the world will get better and the tide will come in and that ultimately whatever we do now will be, is actually setting us up for next year. So whether it's for our people and our business or our partners, they were the focuses for us. Um, and what ought to underpinned a lot of the purpose or we talked a little bit about before about Great Alone Better Together in our program of work to help our partners and our community move forward. We also, we're always, we've always been a forward-facing business and we also did work in, um, you know, retooling. And this gave our team a chance to make their mark on the business mm. in a time where they didn't have events. So my marketing team completely replatformed our email marketing tools and went, we moved to Dot .digital. Um, and we launched iMedia On Demand. Our, our, our event team became experts at producing online content. Our finance department replatformed our finance system. Our sales team um, augmented our sales pipelines in Salesforce by implementing, uh, in, uh, implementing uh, uh, integrating Conga. So we allowed to automate all the generation of all of our proposals and contracts right through to digital signatures saving our tremendous amount of time. So we've done a lot of work. And by finding these tasks for the team to take on, that's been really important because if we were sitting and waiting, I think that people were, quite honestly would have, you know, lost their minds a little bit because mm -hmm. it was, you know, they needed things to hang on to. So for me, it was about finding, looking at our business and going, well, these are things we've always wanted to do. Let's, let's do it, you know? We can do it. You got time to do it? Let's do it. It sounds you know, people, like you've I'm almost tremendously had to... yeah. Sorry, you go. I was, I was just going to say, it sounds like you almost had to hire more people. <laughs> no, no, but we didn't. We didn't at all because we did. I mean, we went from having three events in Q2, three big events in Q2, in Australia, New Zealand, and Southeast Asia, to no events till August. Mm. So we've basically lost all of our events from um, for April, May, June, and July to having our first event in August. So we had a lot of time, right? So, but what, what this did was our team really wanted to do. We, we've always wanted to augment our our proposal and, and contract pro, um, um, process and technology to streamline the delivery and link all of that all of that commercial activity to our to our billing system 
and just you know, make ourselves a streamlined business. You know, one of the things we're doing right now is uh, in the background, um, I led a regional initiative to replatform all of our websites onto one platform. And we've gone with HubSpot. So across the region, the MarTech group from India, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, and Southeast Asia will all be on HubSpot. We'll all be um, rolling one big iMedia platform. We'll be rolling one big ad tech platform. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's really exciting. So there's lots of cool stuff that we've done. And that, that has done a lot for people's hearts and minds in our business because, you know, this is the thing that allowed them to make a difference and reframe um, reframe what was important because they were so, you know, when you're in events, you're so hooked on the crack of BAU, which is, you no know, marketing, you've got to get delegates and sales, have got to get sponsorships yeah. and events, they've got to execute a great event and da-da-da-da-da. And now because we've got that gap, you know, it was really funny. I sat down with my event director and she was just like, I can't cope. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm going, what's wrong? She goes, I don't know what to do when I'm not busy. I'm going, don't, uh, don't tell me that, Karine. I'll tell you things to do. Um, and so, and, and that's been fun, you know, we've, and we've thrashed out new things and, and done cool stuff, you know, and, that, and, and we're coming to the end of that now. We're about to ramp up again. We're mm. back full time again. And that's where we're on the cusp of executing some really awesome work, which, you know, I'm really excited about 2020. I have so much cool stuff in place that would probably never happen. It was a yeah. rare window we got to walk through, you know. Yeah. And personally, Reef, have you have you had to grow within yourself? Have you adapted your management style during this time? Um, I think personally it's been hard. Um, you know, from a from a leadership style, um, and you know this when you're in events, when you're running an event business, that the thing that remains important about all times is that as a leader, you exude confidence and you exude um, the ability to so your team can go, I need help. And you can you go, we can do this. What do we need to do? Right. And, and that's been really important. And we've always been that way. So my team feel protected and, and confident to make decisions. Um, but for me, I think, um, it's a, it's facing a different kind of adversity. Um, you know, I've run my own businesses and that's been tough. Um, mm. and you have sleepless nights cause you don't have enough cash in the bank or whatever. Um, from this point of view, what's really interesting about an event business. And for me is, is it's appreciation of the differences in people in the business because you've got, you know, not just gender and race and diversity and all that sort of stuff, which is, which is you now if you don't, if you're not there, you're not doing that, not tapping into the opportunity, which is diversity, then you're, you're a dead duck anyway. But it's more about how people operate. You know, events people are classic introverts. They're program, they're, 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 they're event directors there. They love to put a spreadsheet together. They love to make cost savings. They love to have things crossed I's and dot T's, you know. And, and they operate completely different to salespeople who are extreme extroverts in many cases. Mm. And, and, can't cope with not meeting with people and technical people. I need, I need to vent to people. So, you know, it's just an appreciation of what makes people tick. And I think it's just improved and increased my empathy because, you know, I'm, I'm a, a loud mouth Australian extrovert, um, uh, unabashed. <laughs> and so, um, and so what this has done for me is, is just really 
tuned me into what's important to my people uh, and more about not just what they're um, trying to achieve professionally, because that's if they achieve professionally, I achieve professionally, but more about getting under the skin of what makes them tick and what's important to them. Because, mm. you know, when you are faced with a, a really shitty unknown situation, like we're going through or coming out of hopefully right now, it exposes parts of people that you don't actually anticipate seeing in a normal day you wouldn't. And so it's, you know, sitting down with them going, okay, cool. What's important here? You know, what, you know, what makes you happy? What sort of path we can get through here? And, and for many cases, picking up the signal, which says, okay, cool. This is what we should do because you should know as a leader, what's going to make that person happy and get the best game out of them. And so that's, I've spent a lot more time thinking about that mm. because, you know, I have five, and if I understand that and how to get their, those five people's best games, then all of a sudden my world's a much lighter place. Yeah. You know, everything, every, every time weeks change week to week, you know, things like last week, you know, we had a, we've got, um, you know, the challenge you have when you work from home is the young team members, right. Who are not used to working in office. Don't have that environment of, 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 routine and rails around them so they struggle right and so you're going to have to work out how do i going to accommodate that because this person's never worked in an office before so how do we how do we help her be the best she can be hmm. absolutely yeah yeah I, absolutely I for me yeah, that, that learning learning to and just because it just it it, it it opens people up you know people are much more open because you know shit it's pretty big things happening in the world. And so, you know, you see a, a few more souls laid bare and you need to be able to, um, you know, really heighten and be empathetic. You, you, people, people, all people are affected differently, not the same as I'm not, I'm affected completely differently to everybody else. And so, uh, and that's like, it's just them and how to get the best game out of them. So they feel good and feel, feel buoyed by the situation and feel like they're, you know, making a difference and have purpose. Mm. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, Reef, thank you so much for being so incredibly open about how Comexposium and the team has moved through the challenges of COVID-19. And thank you for being on Planning to the Max. Um, I, re I really wish you all the luck for the rest of 2020. Thanks. Thanks, Sam. Thank you for, make, for making me part of this. It's been great. I really enjoyed having a chat today. So awesome. Perfect.